Good morning, church. Welcome back to our journey through the Psalms. Once again, today we are in Psalm 103. Today I want to focus on verses 3 through 5. It says this, He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. On Sunday, when I was preaching this, um, I looked at these individual phrases in the context of David's writing, right? Uh, He forgives all your iniquities. It's very easy to imagine a time in David's life where he needed forgiveness. We know the story of David and Bathsheba. We have Psalm 51, his prayer of repentance. Um, he redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast, with, with faithful love and compassion. Very easy to imagine here. He redeems, uh, you know, David was, had many troubles, many times where he was run out and he was being oppressed and crowns you with faithful love and compassion. David was literally a king. That's one way of reading this, and I think that's, that's a good way. That's the way many people do it. But one of the things I've been trying to show as we look at the Psalms is the diversity. These are not simply um, historical records. These are, it's poetry. And with poetry, you don't have that specification that you have in other writing. There is more give, there's more leeway. And particularly in this section, we see that with how Augustine, St. Augustine, the uh, fourth and uh, century uh, saint from North Africa, um, his interpretation of this, he sees in verses three through five, he sees these uh, verses as being couplets. And here's what I mean by that. So there's each verse has two lines, a couplet, and they go together, right? This is most easily seen in verse four. So we'll use that as an example, verse four and verse five. Uh, but he redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. So Augustine looks at this as a couplet. And particularly the couplet here could refer to in David's life, the time when he was oppressed by Saul. So he was in the pit because of Saul and then redeemed out of that and crowned. So those two go together. You can see it with verse five too, because they're linked together. He satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed. It is the satisfying with good that renews the youth like the eagle, right? So they go together. So what does this mean for verse three? He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. It's an interesting thing. What is, what, what is the iniquity and the diseases? Does this have to do with like sicknesses that come from sin and, and God heals those as he forgives? Augustine says that that's not the case. And, and particularly, it would be hard for us to imagine that that's David's idea. Um, because if you're in the David and Bathsheba situation, um, there are there is an, an illness, a sickness that is not healed, though David prays for it. The child from that was uh, a sick, and God prayed that it, or David prayed that it would not. Uh, that the, the child would be healed and that his sin would not hamper the situation. And it didn't happen. And so it's hard to believe that David would couple those things out of his own experience. But anyway, that's a side point. Here's what uh, uh, St. Augustine says. When the prophet said, who forgives all your iniquities, something that is done by the remission of all sins, he immediately added, who heals all your diseases. 
He wants us to understand the evils which, with which the saints will never finish their internal warfare until those evils are healed, or as far as possible in this life, progressively diminished. Augustine goes on in several different places where he talks about this psalm. He clearly sees this as not being a healing of a disease in the sense of uh, a sickness or a pandemic or a virus or an infection. No, he looks at this more as a sickness of the soul, a sickness of the character who forgives all your iniquity and who heals all your diseases. This is the, the putting together of forgiveness and sanctification, right? Um, both aspects of salvation. Um, he he says that, and he sees these things, two things as going together in very intentional ways. Because number one, it makes sense because throughout the Bible, forgiveness and sanctification go hand in hand. Um, they are meant to be together. Uh, transformation is a a. Uh, an aspect of forgiveness. We are forgiven and transformed. They're one and the same, two sides to the same coin. So here, whenever he reads this, he looks at this as, and I love, I love that, but just as our internal sicknesses, the evils um, that he says that the saints struggle with and that they will never in fully finish, but progressively diminish those sicknesses on the inside until they are healed. And this is really important because I think so often when we struggle against our own sickness of the soul, the sickness that's inside of us, that sin, that brokenness, as a church, the way we always talk about it is we say that sin is more than just telling a lie or gossiping. Sin has affected us down to the cellular level. There is a brokenness throughout all of creation because of sin. It is a sickness that we struggle with, but it is also a sickness that leads us, that, that curves the desires of our hearts toward that which is not good, that which is not pure, that which is not holy. And here David sees God's hand in healing that. This is not a work of self-control. This is not something that we can do on our own. This is not behavior modification. He says that God forgives all our, iniqui our, all our iniquities, just as forgiveness is out of our hands, is something that we must believe in God. We also must look to him to heal those, those brokenness within us. This is particularly interesting because um, this is coming out of the call to, to move himself to worship, right? Like I said on Sunday, David here, he has a Rolodex of the things that God has done for him, right? And if we read this text the way St. Augustine does, it's he's thinking about all the forgiveness and all of the sanctification, all of the transformation that God has worked in his life. In the last devotional, I talked about when, how do we not forget? How do we remind ourselves? How do we become people that remember and build a Rolodex? And one of the things I mentioned um, was making a habit of it and how in my life one of those times is Pentecost. Pentecost is one of those times where I intentionally think back about what God has done and um, I, I, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before but I preached on Pentecost and one of the things I talked about was how so often I think we miss the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. 
We are looking for signs and wonders and physical healings all the while the Spirit is doing these miracles of transformation, of sanctification in our hearts where we are progressing in virtue, becoming more and more like Jesus, which is the emphasis of what the Holy Spirit does throughout Scripture. And we are seeing vices being lessened and sin being defeated, these habitual patterns of brokenness being healed in us. But we so often don't recognize it and we don't put that up to be a miracle of the Holy Spirit. We're about a month away from Pentecost. And I want to invite you to think back. Think back on the last year, two years, five years, ten years. How has God healed your diseases? How has God sanctified you? What sins, what patterns of brokenness and sickness of the soul has God miraculously healed in your life? Has the Spirit worked in? And write those down and have those ready for Pentecost Sunday. Have those ready to pray and give thanks to God and sing and worship God for the miracles, the healings that he's worked in our lives.